Morning, church. Um, again, it is an honour, um, quite humbling actually, to stand here and to bring to you the Word of God. Uh, it's it's something that is not um, not to be taken lightly, and it's something that is intended to move your heart, to change the atmosphere where you currently operate. You know, for the past couple of years, Church Unlimited has embraced a prophetic vision. A vision of an acceleration of expansion, a vision of a new era. An era that will see um, growth locally, regionally, nationally, and yes, even internationally. A growth and expansion unprecedented in the history of Church Unlimited, and perhaps even in the history of the Church in New Zealand. In Isaiah 54 and verse 2, the prophet tells the nation of Israel, Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Pastor Tark actually quoted that verse when he was here, and when he announced the, uh, the birth of Church Unlimited Tuvalu. Now while we enjoy the knowledge of a growing church, the evidence of the prophetic words spoken over us, and while we may revel in the idea that we are part of a much larger family in the body of Christ, one which even has its own conference. That reminds me, have you registered for the conference? Are you going to the conference? One. The pastor's going. Oh, Amy's going. Oh, no, no, we're, we're going. So a number of us are going. You know, the fact is that 2017 at the Trust Stadium in Waitakere will be bigger because you're there. It will be better because you make the decision to go, to be a part of it. But most importantly, the most important thing of all is that you are going to be bigger and you are going to be better for having been there. Growing in the Lord with your brothers and sisters. Which brings me to the word the Lord has put on my heart for our church. In fact, for each and every one of us at this time. It's a time to grow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Church Unlimited. I thank you for the prophetic vision, Lord. I thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice. And Lord, I just pray that you anoint these words as they go forth. Your word says, Lord, that your word will not return void. And today, Lord, I just pray that through this vessel, your words go forth and touch the hearts, the minds, the spirits as you intend them to do. Enable and empower in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, technology, it's back. A time to go. Many years ago, um, I founded a company called Business and Management Education and Training Services. A long, long name for a very short company. The company was founded in Monaco City and after two years, an opportunity arose to actually expand the business into several other regions, including coincidentally Kaitaia. Yes, we had an office in Kaitaia 30 years ago. Um, Kaikohe, in fact, all the way from Kaitaia to Pakaranga in East Auckland. Now, we already had a, a successful model, and all we needed to do was replicate it. Do the same thing, just do it in a different place. So, we accepted what appeared to be a relatively simple challenge. We began the process of expanding the business and opening not one more office, not two more offices, but six more offices from Kaitaia South. 
One of the biggest challenges was that all of these offices had to be open on the same day and just three months after the scheduled time. Leases, buildings, plant, furniture, computers, everything had to be in place. And three months later, I can tell you that we had succeeded. We had everything in place, including people. Did I forget to say people? People. You see, our business was based on providing a service to individuals to empower and enable them to create, build and develop their own businesses. People and their businesses were actually our business. Our tight-knit, cohesive unit began to have problems. We began to have people problems. And if you've been an employer or you've worked with staff, you know that people problems happen often. The question is not will they happen, it's when they're going to happen. The fact is that our, our unit had become much larger and due to the, the spread from Kaitaia South, dealing with issues as they arose was extremely difficult because remember in these ancient times, for you young people, there was no Skype. There was no conference calls. In fact, there were no mobile phones. But there was a brick. Like that. Um, and, and they seldom worked. They always, you always lost coverage. But they were a great symbol of pride. And yes, I had one. Um, and I had one for that very reason. It looked good, you know, cool, all of that kind of stuff. The fact is we resorted to carrier pigeons and smoke signals. No, it's not quite that bad, I've got to say, but it was bad enough. Long story short, our staff hadn't been adequately prepared. They hadn't been prepared for the change of the business and several would not or could not grow with us. Along the same time, painful process followed and as a result, we were forced to close down over half of our operation with obviously some painful and expensive consequences. Now before you go racing off to call Pastor Tart and tell him that John just prophesied that half of Church Unlimited is going to crash and burn, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, I'm, I'm saying the relevance of my personal experience is really simple. You know, an organisation can add offices, or in Church Unlimited's case, campuses, and be seen to be growing exponentially, just going nuts. But... Like so many things in life, it's not about the quantity. It's always about the quality. Amen. It is always about the quality. You know, Jesus spoke in Matthew 7, 24-27, of the house built on rock and the house built on sand. And he said, therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them would be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. And so it is with church and with us. Individually and collectively, we are the foundation of church unlimited Kaitaia. Every single one of us. Each and every one of us has a gifting, and each and every one of us has a calling. Fetcher quoted earlier, Jeremiah 29, 11, and it tells us that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And just as the title of my message states, this is a time to grow, 
Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1 tells us, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Bob Dylan said that once. I'm reminded of probably the most famous words spoken by President John F. Kennedy at his inauguration speech. He said, Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah. And you know, it's very similar for us. I say to you this morning, ask not what Church Unlimited can do for you. Ask what can you do for your community through Church Unlimited. Yeah. We have a calling. Yes. You know, in order for the church to grow and prosper, we must grow and prosper. Each and every one of us. It's not enough just to be here. The Christian faith is not a spectator sport. Never intended to be. It's not enough just to get your Sunday morning God thing on. No disrespect. It's not even that you tithe or come to prayer meeting or serve in this ministry or that ministry. Please don't get me wrong. All of those things are worthy of mention. All of those things are worthy of acknowledgement. Yes. But friends, God has so much more. Yes. God wants so much more for each and every one of us. You know, our community needs us. Our country needs us. Our region needs us. Never before have we been in such a state. And so what we have is needed more now than it's ever been needed before. You know, the Lord told Joshua the key to prosperity and success was to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Joshua 1 and verse 8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Friends, God hasn't changed. Amen. In Hebrews 13 and verse 8, it states that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word to Joshua is just as relevant for us today as it was to Joshua then. It's the irrefutable, undeniable, unchanging, unshakable, irrevocable, eternal word of God Himself. And the prosperity God speaks of is so much more than just a materialistic gathering of wealth. It's so much more than just assets and money. God's prosperity covers every aspect of your life. Health, wealth, relationships, your job, your sporting and social activities, church, your spiritual well-being. Every area. And His prosperity is always intended to strengthen your walk. Your walk in His will and His way. Remember, it's His plan that we need to put into operation and not ours. Amen. We don't just need a good plan, we need a God plan. Yes. So how can we do our bit to both grow ourselves and the church? Today I want to remind us of three simple ways to grow. To grow ourselves, to grow our faith, to grow our relationship with God, to grow our church, Church Unlimited, and to grow His church, His bride, the bride of Christ. Pastor talked last week, um, and, and it's really just a, a confirmation of that word. But the first thing we need to do is read the Word of God. And not just read it, but meditate on it. The Bible's like our manual for Christian living, and today, right now, all over the world, brothers and sisters are being persecuted and killed because they refuse to renounce God's Word. Refuse to turn away from their faith in Christ. Faith built on His Word. Romans 10 and 17 says... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Remember too that the Word of God is your defense against those things that the enemy will bring against you. Guaranteed, the enemy will come against you. Remember Jesus and his confrontation with Satan in the wilderness when he overcame the temptations of the enemy. 
just three simple words. It is written. Three times the enemy tempted Jesus and three times our Lord showed us the way to rebuke the enemy's attempts to separate us from Christ. You know, the only thing that the enemy wants to do to you is to separate you from your Savior. The only thing he wants to do is separate you from your eternal destiny. A destiny that's set in Jesus Christ. You know, the inspired word of God was what drove the devil away. The Bible, the largest selling book of all time, but it's so much more. It's a roadmap to righteousness, the handbook for life, Amen. the manual for right relationship with God, the living, breathing, good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Reading the Bible every day is a must-do. It's the primary way we grow in our knowledge of Christ. Second Peter verse 1, chapter 1 and verse 2 tells us that grace and peace are multiplied to us as we increase our knowledge of God and of Jesus. Amen. Grace and peace are multiplied to us. We always hear about having the grace of God. We hear about having the peace of God. You know, you can multiply that to yourself. Yes. With a greater knowledge of Jesus and of God. Of course, to, to meditate on the Word, we must know the Word. But meditating on the Word of God is a simple process. Let me give you a demonstration of what I mean. Let's take the first line of the 23rd Psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. If I take that one line and I decide to meditate on it, it's like this. The Lord, the creator of the universe, the one who breathed the stars into being, my redeemer, my saviour, my healer, my protector, the Lord, the Lord God, the Lord God, the triune God, God that created the universe, the God that made man from the dust, the Lord, is, is today, is tomorrow, will be every single day that I wake up and breathe. The Lord is, the Lord is mine. The Lord is mine, mine alone. The Lord looks on me as being one and only. If I was the only person that asked for him to be my saviour, he would willingly do it. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd looks after his flock. A shepherd protects his flock. A shepherd feeds his flock. A shepherd makes sure that his flock prospers. A shepherd never lets his flock get into danger. A shepherd is a tender of the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. How simple is that? You know, if you do that just a couple of times a day, whenever you have a quiet time to yourself, you will get that in your spirit and it will be unshakable. And when those times come against you, you will be able to say, yep, this ain't great, but the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It's something I learned a long time ago and I've got to tell you that works. For such a small investment, the return is substantial. And I encourage you to try it. Do it. So you can see you don't need to be a theologian to meditate on the word, just try it. The return far outweighs the investment. And just as an aside, the word meditate in the Hebrew is the word gerah. And the word gerah is the word used to describe the way that a cow chews its cud or its food. See, a cow has, has four compartments in the stomach and it eats and then it regurgitates and it eats and it regurgitates and it eats and it regurgitates. And the fact is that 
It's not just enough to read the Word, but to fully digest what God is saying to us through it. Read it, meditate on it, digest it, live it, and most importantly, share it. That's the Word of God. Tip number two, pray. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, Jesus himself was a model of prayer, often leaving the disciples to go away, to have communion with his Father, to spend time alone. And he provided a blueprint for prayer, often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father is out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Prayer is mentioned more in the New Testament than any other single subject. Clearly, the emphasis and importance of prayer cannot be underestimated in the pursuit of His will for us, both personally and corporately. You know, prayer is our direct line, our speed dial to the Father, and He's never engaged, never not home. The line's never down, it always has power. He has the ultimate communication technology. Apple, Samsung, eat your heart out. God's got it covered. His answering, however, will always be in his time and not ours. You know, I remember a, a couple of years ago being in a mate's tummy out at Akipara, and I, I do go out there occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Just occasionally. But as we stood in the Utapak, I immediately recognized an elderly lady seated some distance from where we were standing. I learned later that she was my mate's auntie. And I recalled that some 35 years earlier, in the late 1970s, when I was a gang leader in Ōtara, this woman and others from her church ran a drop-in centre where they provided free food and drink to young people, particularly late at night. One night, looking for a free feed and being a little under the weather, I'd agreed that she could pray for me, anything for a free feed, right? I also remember how we used to call these people God botherers. And how we joked that they were wasting their time when it came to us. I mean, seriously, we were unsavable, unredeemable, unworthy, unwilling, undeserving, and uncaring. Lost causes, and everybody knew it. Everybody, that is, except the good and faithful prayer warrior. A woman who chose to bother God on my behalf. And then under the prompting of the Holy Spirit, without a word to my wife, I began what seemed like a marathon trek across the cemetery. I approached her and told her that although she, she would not remember me, I would never forget her. I relayed the whole story to her and assured her that she serves a faithful God. That he wanted her to know that today he still answers prayer. I returned to Lorraine and she said, what did you say to that lady? <laughs> she, she's crying and she's still crying. You know, friends, those were tears of joy. They were a confirmation of her faith. 35 years on, the Great Commission in Action answered prayer. Today I want to assure you that he still answers prayer. James 5 and verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So pray and don't stop praying. Pray without ceasing. It may take 35 years, but like the mainland cheese ad says, good things sometimes take time. I know for some of us, talking out loud to God, we can't see or touch can be a, a difficult, maybe awkward thing to do. I know for me at first it was weird. I felt weird, it felt weird. If that's you, here's my tip for you. Just talk to your best friend. 
Just talk to your Savior. Just talk to the one who's never going to leave you. Just talk to the one who's always going to be walking beside you. You know, the language isn't important. The Bible tells us that God knows our heart. And, and you might not have the most appropriate prayer language. Friends, there's no such thing. There is no such thing. You may not have the right religiosity in what you're going to say. There's no such thing. God doesn't look at that. He doesn't hear that. He sees your heart. And in your heart, when you say, Jesus, I don't know what's happening today, but man, it's a mess. This is not working out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just need you. That's enough. He hears. He knows. No amen. No. It doesn't matter to God. Seriously. We just need to know that He's there all of the time. Every time. And he never fails. He never fails. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2 says, Today is the day of salvation. You know someone, go tell them. Number three, and the last tip for growing is going. Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus told the disciples, Go. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And in Acts 8 and verse 1, the disciples were called, to be his witnesses in Christ, even to the ends of the earth. In other words, wherever you may be, or wherever you may go. The same is true for us, except that our Jerusalem may be our own homes, our Judea may be Kaitaia or Kotofifi, or even Ahikara. And our Samaria may simply be the next door neighbours. We won't all be called to the mission fields of Africa, Asia, India, or some other exotic and burgeoning nation. But we have been called. Amen. I told Pastor Tark I've been called to Hawaii. He said, Aloha. <laughs> and I'm still here. We've all been called to be the light in an ever-darkening world and to be the hands and feet of the good news gospel of Jesus Christ. The question is, what does that look like? Well, it's not complicated or difficult. It may be as simple as a smile, a kind word, a gesture, an act of random kindness or generosity. In fact, anything that reflects the nature and character of the spirit that lives within you. That's what it looks like. That's what the gospel looks like in action. You know, it's the same spirit that saw Jesus heal the sick, make the blind to see, the lame to walk. The same spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead and calmed the raging storm. The same spirit that empowers and enables you to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. The last part of Isaiah 54, 2, our opening scripture says, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You know, when you lengthen your cords, you add more pressure to the stakes. You increase their load and it increases the need for them to hold on. I recall a camping expedition. Once only. We undertook this camping expedition to Pawanui with all of our kids. Um... I just want you to get this picture. Just close your eyes and think of a pitch black night. A howling gale. Torrential rain. The tent collapsing on three sides. Mum and the kids safely inside the friend's nice, warm, cosy batch, having been rescued by a courageous, selfless hero. Yup, me. Fearing them one at a time as they floated on their airbeds, lightning, thunder, mud, 
water up past my ankles, a one in 100 year storm. Kept it. Friends, when the storms come in your personal life or the life of the church, you better be sure that your stakes are firm and solid. Our problem in power, no, it was a simple one. Our stakes did not hold the cords of the tent. They weren't solid enough. They lacked length. They didn't go deep enough. They failed in the midst of the storm because they were shallow and planted in sand. As Church Unlimited Taitaia fulfills the destiny that God has for us, as we lengthen our cords and stretch out the curtains of our dwelling, what kind of stake are you going to be? Are you going to be that stake? Or are you going to be one of these? Now that's a stake. You know, the question is, are you planted shallow, easily dislodged, prone to giving up, unable to withstand the pressures, failing in the stormy times, used to being on sandy, weak, and unstable foundation? I pray not. <laughs> the question is, what kind of state are you? You know, what we need to be, is we need to be... God needs you, He needs me. In fact, He needs all of us to be strong, solid, and substantial stakes. Just like that one. He needs us deeply planted, able to hold on as the pressure goes on. Standing strong and resolute in the storms. Unshakable, fixed firmly, and strongly planted in rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. It's the rock in which we need to be planted. Isaiah 33 and verse 20 tells us that not one of the stakes of the tabernacle of His house will be taken down. Nor will any of its cords be broken. Church, that's a promise to us. When we stand solid, when we're the stakes that Christ needs us to be, we can't be taken down. We can't be taken out. We'll hold on to those cords as the dwelling expands, as we have a greater influence in our communities, in our towns, in our houses, in our families. As our influences stretch out, as our dwelling has expanded, nothing will take us down and our cords will remain strong and firm. Church, that's us. So as the musicians come, I just want to bring this to an end. I want to bring this waka back to, uh, back to the shore. You notice that I didn't say come into landing. That's Pastor Tark. He's got a plane. <laughs> I'm kind of stuck with the waka. I'm going to back. So... So as you bring us into land, I want to encourage us all. First, read. Read every day and meditate on God's Word. It's simple. Maybe just one line at a time. Maybe on one person, one event, one story. One day at a time. You don't have a Bible, you want some support, see Pastor Paul or the leaders. Ask about a connect group. Help others to grow. You may be someone else's prayer. Go along, share. You may be someone else's Judea. Secondly, I want to encourage you to pray. Every day, talk to God. Have a chat with your best friend about anything and everything, anytime, any place. He's always there to listen. There's no wrong way to talk to God. Again, you need support. See Pastor Paul, the leaders. Maybe the prayer meeting Thursday, 5.30 would be a great place to come and experience prayer. Maybe your Samaria. Finally, I encourage you to go.
next door, over the road, across the supper room, wherever, whenever. And when you go, wherever you go, look for the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, it's called the gospel, the good news for a reason. So go share it. Your Jerusalem is waiting. So we'll close our eyes and bow our heads. You know, church, today as we come to the end of our service, if you haven't come to know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity. The opportunity to have a relationship with the living God. And you need to know that He definitely wants to grow His relationship with you. Maybe you've always believed that you're not good enough for a place in the kingdom of God. Friend, no one is good enough. No one is good enough that they deserve a place in His kingdom. But just like that 25-year-old gang leader in Ortara all those years ago, no one is bad enough that God is not reaching out and saying, Come, come now, let me write your name in the Lamb's book of life. So this morning I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, your Savior, and you haven't made the eternal decision to invite Jesus into your life, to lead and guide you through His Holy Spirit, as 2 Corinthians says, today is the day of your salvation. Don't wait. Don't be concerned with anything except your, your eternal future. It doesn't matter what others think. It matters what Jesus knows. If that's you this morning, just ask you to raise your hand. I'll see it. I'll know that you want to. You want to have prayer. He wants to pray for you. He'll be saying, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Your life seems like it's just a constant storm, one after the other. You need Jesus. You know, when Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee to the disciples in the midst of a storm, Peter thought that he saw him. Through the driving rain and howling wind over the raging sea, he thought he saw him and he cried out. He said, Lord, if that is you, bid me come. You know, Jesus didn't say, uh, are you good enough? Uh, have you read my word enough? Uh, do you pray enough? Have you served enough? Have you repented? No. no. No, Jesus didn't put any prerequisites on that. Jesus never puts prerequisites on us. He just said, come. There was no do this first, so I'll accept you. No, Jesus just said, come. Today he's saying the same thing to you. If you don't know Jesus, he's saying, come. Put up your hand. I want to be your Savior. I want to walk beside you for the rest of your life. I want to be with you through the storms. I want to be your healer, your redeemer, your Savior, your friend, your confidant, your best friend. Come, no matter where you're at. I want to walk with you. I want you to walk with me. Let me walk with you beside the storms in your life. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. If that's you this morning, you just put up your hand. We'll pray for you. You can begin your journey, an eternal journey with Jesus Christ, your Savior. The other thing this morning is that you just want to grow a little deeper with the Lord. You just want encouragement. You just want prayer that says, Lord, I want to be the stake that holds on to the rock. 
I want to be firm. I want to hold that cord. I never want to be shaken. I want to remain unshakable in you. If that's you this morning, I invite you to come to the front. Pastor and our leaders would love to pray for a strengthening in your spirit this morning. We all just stand up. So that's you this morning. If you just want a, a fresh strengthening in your spirit, if you just want encouragement from your brothers and sisters, I encourage you just to step out in faith and come to the front.